In 1985, we were not in this building. We moved in this building in 2007. In 1985, we were still in the old building, which is to my left and your right. 1985, no, we weren't. We weren't even in that building. We were in a storefront in 1985, on closer into town. And in that storefront, uh, a young man walked in off of the street and uh, long story made short God filled him with the Holy Ghost and uh, he got the real Holy Ghost when you get the real Holy Ghost you leave the world behind Amen Amen now, when you get the Holy Ghost, you can be real happy. But if anybody tells you you can have the Holy Ghost and still have the world, before it's over, your Holy Ghost oil is going to run out. So don't let anybody fool you. When you get the Holy Ghost, you leave the world behind. And, and if your preacher is too weak need to tell you that, then you need to get a preacher that will tell you the truth, that you've got to leave the world behind. That's part of it. Amen. You're no longer of this world. Praise God. So anyway, Brother Rick Mayo received the Holy Ghost in 1985. Uh, there are a lot of fond memories of Brother Mayo in the Rock Church. Uh, many of them that bring a smile to our face. Uh, he, when he got real excited, he used to take a hanky and put it over his head and take off running with a hanky over his head. I don't know how he kept from running into poles and everything else. but And... Uh, when he first got saved, he'd get up and testify, and he'd say, Woo! I'm one of the end-time cats. And uh, all kinds of wonderful times we had as we watched Brother Mayo grow in the Lord. And he, he, he long story longer, uh, he, he, he came out of a rock band, and he was, just had more energy than uh, five other people. And, uh, and just gave it all to God. I mean, just gave it all to God. And then began to apply himself very diligently, very seriously, and very studiously to the things of God. Uh, found one of the fine local church girls, Sister Ellen Bertram and won her heart and married her and they have now been married uh, for quite a number of years and have two grown children that are living for God and um, they he left here to evangelize they left in 1990 they evangelized for a while and then they started a church from nothing from scratch in Spokane Washington Today, that is one of the largest apostolic churches in the northwestern United States. Amen. We're going to ask Brother Mayo to come. Would you stand? God bless you, Brother Mayo. We love you, and we're so glad you're here tonight. Amen. I love you. Oh, God, I praise you. Man, I feel like I'm in a police lineup with those lights. Get
get your hands out, get them out. Some things you never forget, folks. But I ain't what I used to be. <laughs> oh, let's go ahead and let these rafters roar and turn loose the lion of the tribe of Judah. Ah, yes! Woo! My, my goodness. It feels so good to be home and to be in the Holy Ghost. And uh, while you're turning in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter number 2, I want to give honor to the pastor, Brother Miles Young and his precious wife. They are doing a fabulous job here at the Rock Church. Yes. We consider it a great honor to have been invited to speak this year. And um, it's great to see my pastor and my bishop, Brother and Sister Wilson, or my mom and pop in the Lord. And uh, I hope I make them proud, always. Great to see them. It's great to see all the ministering brethren, some of the greatest preachers in the world, are under this roof here tonight. We honor them and their families and their wives. And then to the saints of the Most High God, we greet you in Jesus' name. Amen. Second <clears throat> Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 24. It's good to have my wife here. I, I always preach better when she's present, so you will be blessed, I hope. In Jesus' name. Verse 24, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will I want to talk to us for a few moments tonight with the help of the Lord and your participation about the arena the arena let's pray father we love you we praise you thank you for this tremendous atmosphere with your spirit your people hunger for the word of god people in search of reality hope God I pray that your glory sweeps through this building tonight and set every captive free in Jesus name we won't fail to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus name and everybody said amen God bless you you may be seated culturally when we talk about an arena 
We are talking about a facility where spectators view an activity. It also represents an environment of contact, contest, and potential conflict. When we speak of a spiritual arena, or arenas, we are speaking about places, environments, and dimensions. Or, if you please, an arrangement where there are various entities that are present. In this particular spiritual arena, there is always opposition that is somewhere present. Additionally, I find also an element of distraction or potential distraction in addition to opposition. Some of the arenas that we will talk about here for a few moments tonight um, are very private and very personal and very individualistic. And there is no other human uh, involved in this. It is just you and God and the forces of darkness. In all of these arenas that we will talk about tonight, they are multi-dimensional, which means they have an outcome, and they start in the terrestrial, in the physical, and they move into the invisible realm, always. As previously stated, one of these characteristics of an arena is that there are spectators that are present. 1 Corinthians 4 and 9, the Apostle Paul said, For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles last, as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world. This word means a public display. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32, But call to remembrance the former days, in which after you were illuminated ye endured a great fight of afflictions, partly while she were made a gazing stock, both of reproaches and afflictions. This word gazing stock means theater. It is where we get the English word theater. And then my favorite is in Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, according to the late great Dr. Treese, this passage describes a host of witnesses that are watching the contest of the Christian. The writer may have had in mind the games in the Roman Colosseum. In addition, the word cloud here, according to additional expositors, denotes something airborne, aerial, or elevated. There are those that are watching in on us. Amen. The very first arena that I want to talk about briefly is the arena that's found in the garden. It is the first and the preeminent arena. It involves Adam and Eve, and as I've already mentioned, there is always opposition and distraction that is in these arenas. The opposition, of course, is Satan. The distraction <clears throat> is Eve. And so, you know the story, how that they violated the Word of God, and they plunged the entire human race into spiritual darkness. But that is not the end of that arena. For several thousand years later, 
the second Adam appeared on the scene. And he impacted that entire arena in a complex and on a cosmic scale and overcame the power of darkness and unleashed power to the human race. And he radically affected every dimension of existence. And everybody said victory. I got the victory tonight. How about you? Let's just clap our hands and give him praise right now. I got the victory because of Jesus. One of the classic arenas is the book of Job. And there is little question that uh, this is a classic arena because there are some key elements that are here that we will discuss here in just a few moments that make this a classic arena. There are some interesting facts about Job. Uh, you probably already knew that it is, if it's not the oldest book in the Bible, it's one of the oldest books in the Bible, except for maybe the Pentateuch. Did you know that in the book of Job, he makes historical allusions to the pyramids? He talks about the apostasy of Nimrod. He talks about Noah's flood. He talks about the destruction of the cities of the plain. And yet there is no mention of any Israelite history, not even the Exodus is mentioned in the book of Job. Some have speculated that his existence was by the time of Eber and Abraham found in Genesis chapter 11. Let's just say it's old. It's old. Why this incredible book so old and you reveal so much from inside the arena? I believe it's because the book of Job addresses the most archaic basis of all idolatry, and that is superstition. Before God ever began to put a people together, he addressed all of the idolatry that came natural to man, which was based on the premise that bad things happen to bad people. He had some friends show up, and they said, we know what's going on in your life, Job. You got sin in your life, and all this stuff that's happening to you is because there's sin in your life, and there's something going on, and you're not fessing up to it. What Job didn't know is there was something going on in another dimension. The reason why things were happening to Job is not because he was bad, it was because he was good. My Bible tells me all things work together. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. If you're going through something tonight, it may not be that you've done anything wrong at all. It might be that God trusts you. Come on. I worry about people that never go through anything. But you look at people that have got a few little marks on them and a few lots of dirt under their claws and they can tell you that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. Devil, you can't steal my joy. Devil, you can't steal my thunder. Devil, you can't steal... I feel my help coming right now. I'm worried about some of the crisis-oriented Christians in this day, in this hour, that would complain rather than pray. Everything I learned about revival, I learned from my pastor, and I learned how to pray for my pastor's wife. And I came to a place where I didn't know how to pray. I don't know where, is Brother Bob Thorpe here tonight? I wouldn't even be still saved if it wasn't for this man. I don't even know where he is over here, but I love this man dearly. One, uh, God bless you, Brother Bob. Uh, I came down with hepatitis type B after I got saved. and Brother Bob Thorpe took me in, and I stayed on his couch for a while. And... Um, he came in on a Saturday night, early Saturday night. Let's, it wasn't late. wasn't doing anything wrong. He said, Brother Rick, let's go pray. I said, okay. So we went to the warehouse. And I said, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus, about 15, 20 minutes, and I was done. So he was on the floor rolling around, travailing. I kicked his foot. I said, let's go. Oh, don't look at me like that. Some of you have been. <laughs> he said, just take a seat. I'm going to be here for a while. And elder, for the next hour and a half, I watch a man get a hold of God. Let me tell this new generation, if you're going to make it, you're going to have to find out where the prayer room is. Don't be blaming everything on your pastor. Come on, if you fast, you'll last. If you pray, you'll stay. People are saying this generation is shallow. The number one reason why they're shallow is not that they're not exposed to good preaching. It's the fact that they don't have a prayer line. And I didn't come here to, I didn't come here to put anybody down. I'm telling you, God gave me my own trial and God was testing me. God said, you're either going to go back to drugs or you're going to have to learn to get a hold of me. I am here by the power and the glory of a God that loves everybody. I'll never forget that trial. That's when I got my own prayer life. And I'll never forget walking into the prayer room on the corner of Calvin and Bradshaw, and there was Sister Wilson, Sister Dorothy Newton, and I just found me a little corner, and I just started repeating after them. You're not ready to hear what that sounded like. But I'll tell you what, I found God there, and that's how I'm still here tonight.
I would have been a casualty. I would have been a number. I would have been in the clutches of the devil if God hadn't said, you know what? If you're going to stick around here, you're going to have to get a hold of me because I got things I want to put into your life. I've got things I want to put into your spirit, but you got to do it right. Hold us, clap our hands. Don't give up hope. You can't fake it till you make it. Just get the real thing. Woo! God bless you. You may be seated. In the end, Job got double for his trouble. He never did discover that there was a divine wager. That the enemy was saying, I can take him out. He's got a price tag. And I'm going to tell you right now. The enemy is going to try to find your price tag. But I want to tell you what, if you'll just keep dragging yourself to the house of God and say, God, here I am. I may not be perfect. I may not have all the answers, but here I am. I refuse to go back to the drugs. I refuse to go back to disorientation. I refuse to go back to the bar. I refuse to go back to the unregenerate. God, here I am. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about David and Goliath. And although there's some subtle differences with David and Goliath, because we don't really see Satan in this, but I've always felt like Goliath is a type. Because Goliath is saying, you're only going to grow this far, and you're not going any further till you get by me. That sounds satanic to me. One of the things that is important to understand, the distraction was his brethren. What are you doing here? Oh, you just came to see the, the battle. You got naughtiness in your heart. Listen to this. Saul was not submitted to the prophet. Saul was not submitted to the word of God. Saul was not submitted to the voice of the Lord. But he was submitted to Goliath. David was submitted to his parents. David was submitted to the prophet. David was submitted to his brethren. David was submitted to the king. David was submitted to the word of God, but he would not submit to Goliath. Submission is a weapon in this hour that we cannot lose to another generation. You've got to understand, it flings the stone with pinpoint accuracy. Oh, clap your hands. Let's give God some praise right now. I feel the line of the tribe of Judah rising in this house. If we're going to have spiritual warfare, we got to have the lion loose.
God bless you. You may be seated. Whew, what a liberty is in this house. Man, there's waters to swim in. Moving into the New Testament is when we start moving into the dimension of very personal and private arenas. Something happened to me several years ago. My wife and I and our two children, we started the church, like the bishop said, from scratch, and we, we were moving from a 700-square-foot office suite to a 3,000-square-foot office suite on the main drag. And the amount of money that went up, it went up exponentially. From 500 to almost $1,500 a month, we had about 25 people. There was a person in our congregation right before we moved that had won a several million dollar settlement uh, from the government. And being the young, rambunctious home missionary that I was, I'm starting to think, man, that's a pretty good sized tithing envelope. Oh, s- I thought that for about 30 seconds. Right at that time, we were just doing our best to keep people coming. We're in the Northwest where Pentecost has never busted it wide open, and we were doing our best to keep this, this innocent and somewhat sincere gaggle together. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me right when we made the move and said, get the televisions out. Is that all right up there? Is that okay with you guys? Get the televisions out. I didn't whine. I didn't complain. I didn't go to put a call in to Dr. James Dobson. I didn't get a bunch of statistics. I, I said, yes, sir. I got up for the next month and preached, taught, begged, cried. This one family that had received this settlement had five televisions that I was aware of. And finally, I got up and I said, now, church, I said, um, this is going to be a television free and a Halloween. We're not going to have any of that here. That doesn't please God. We're not going to have professional sports. Oh, let me tell all of you that are watching live. You can't be watching television and be unspotted from the world. You've been lying to yourself. You can't watch movies and be unspotted from the world. You can't go to a football game and then sit there like Whistler's mother when the Holy Ghost is moving. The problem with modern day Pentecost is they cannot tell the difference between a visitation and a habitation. I want to live with him. I want him to live in me. I want to walk with him. Oh, somebody lift your voice and give him glory. My Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Man, these lights are starting to get to me. I'm waiting for a voice to come out saying, put your hands in the air and don't move. And so I got up and I just said, I love you. 
but this is going to be a Hollywood free church. And uh, we lost half of our congregation. I was looking for Job's turkey. I was thinking about that rent we got to pay now. <clears throat> and uh, the husband came up to me after service and said, Pastor, he said, man, that's, that's pretty rough. That's asking a lot. Can I have a talk with you tomorrow, just you and I? And I said, yeah, we can have a talk. And uh, the next night, we met in my office, and he said, you know, Pastor, we, we love this church. We love you, Sister Mayo. We really feel good about what God's doing here. He said, if you, if you will back up on this television thing, I will make sure you never have another financial need as long as you're in Spokane. I said, I'm not interested. <laughs> Honey, the devil's going to find out where your price tag is. God wanted to know, are you my man or can you be bought? God wanted to know, do you believe in me more than the... Let me talk to all the home missionaries. If God sent you, God will be with you and God will open doors for you. My God, I feel something right now. Two weeks later, I got a call from a man, CEO for a Fortune 500 company that was being transferred to Spokane. His pastor told him, I want you to go to Rick Mayo's church when you get to Spokane. He's still with us to this day, Brother Booker. He pays more tithes, more than both of them put together. <laughs> When you take a stand, God will say, this is what I think. You're going to get double for your trouble. Oh, I'm fixing to preach. Some of you are whining around. What you need to do is get inside the socket with God and say, God, I'm going to live for you. I'll die with you. I'll walk with you. God wants to know if you're his. I'm not only his, I'm going to keep praying until you're his. And then I heard this one. Pastor, where's the balance? Balance? You go and show me the balance and the greatest commandment of all. To love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, all thy heart, all thy strength. All there is no balance. It's all God. If you're looking for balance, you need to go back and stay at his feet. If you're looking for balance, you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Because there is nothing, 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 nothing that compares with the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's find renewing tonight. Lift your hands and say, God, I've been looking in other places, but that's not really where I belong. That's not really where I want to be. That's not really. Devil, I am not for rent. I am not for lease. 
I am not on a six month prepayment option. I, come on somebody. I am not for sale. You can knock on the door. You can try any angle. My. And so that man is still with us today. About nine years after that, this person came back and prayed through. They just happened to be there on a Sunday. We were in our third building at that time, and we're drafting plans to build a brand new sanctuary on the interstate. She just happened to be in the service. We were talking about buying five acres on the interstate. She called me the next night, said, Pastor, somebody said we're buying property on the interstate. Yes, ma'am. She said, you remember that chunk of money I got? Oh, yeah, I remember. She said, I never did give an offering. I'll be dropping a check off tomorrow. We paid cash for that property nine years. I'm fixing to go nuts. You know what will take care of a lot of the spiritual warfare stuff is to get in the Holy Ghost and stay in the Holy Ghost. God is my provider. God is my healer. God is my way maker. God is everything. Oh, I wish somebody would get radical. It's time to put ISIS to shame. It's time to put ISIS to shame. I'm talking about personal Brother Golden, if I would have accepted money, and Brother Rowley, I would have drawn a line and said, you know, a little television is not so bad, just don't tell anybody. God would have drawn a line through my name with a tear running down his cheek saying I had such great aspirations. I had such great anointing. I had such great purpose. Today, 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 she's in the church. Her husband's in the church. Her daughter's in the church. Her son's in our church. Her grandbaby's in our church. Her mom is in our church. It's in a wheelchair. Honey, you just go ahead and draw the line and say, God, I'm on the side you're on. You draw the line wherever you want to. I'm going to be on your side. Draw it here, I'm with you. Draw it there, I'm with you. Because I'm telling you, God is going to come back around. And God is going to give you double for your trouble. It is the arena of blessing. I probably should move on, but they gave me it pretty early. Two guys are saying preach. <laughs> About eight years after that, we're looking at our fourth building. I'm not bragging. 
before I got an AST, had a fragmented education. When I got saved, I wondered if I even had a mind. Didn't have a trade. When I got saved, I was a painter's helper, moving drop cloths and ladders for five bucks an hour. Never complained in less than four years. I had my own company, was painting multi-million dollar houses out of Roseville. And when God saw my determination and my willingness to supply for my family, no whining, not complaining, just glad to be given Bible studies, just glad to have the Holy Ghost, just glad to be in an awesome church, just glad to have a great pastor, just glad to be saved. All across this arena, let's lift our hands and elevate and exalt and extol the Almighty God. Oh, he's got to be first. I know this is a great conference. This is an awesome church. But I got to tell you, God's got to be number one. He will not share it with anybody. <laughs> we quadrupled in our third building. On the principle that I'm about to talk about tonight. Nothing I got on my own. I got it from a pastor. If you're submitted to your man of God, there's things that he got from God that God will transfer to you. We looked at a 27,000 square foot empty used car building. It was right on the interstate. High visibility area. 250,000 cars a day. Totally empty. I walked into it the very next day, I got an email from my real estate agent that had a carbon copy to the owner of the building, a multimillionaire that moved from Los Angeles to Wenatchee, Washington, trying to get him hooked up with brother, sister Tim King. When I saw that man's name, I've never done this before in my life. It's amazing the things that's happening I've never done before in my life. That's the joy of this. It's the greatest adventure known to man. I felt like the Holy Ghost said, write that man an email. I wrote him an email. My name is Pastor Rick Mayo, Pastor Cornerstone Pentecostal Church. I'm not trying to bargain price, didn't talk terms, didn't talk anything, just introducing myself to you. The very next day, he called my real estate agent and said, my wife and I are driving to Spokane to meet Pastor Mayo. <clears throat> the building had been on the market for $3.6 After leaving... A three-hour meeting in my living room, he stood, shook his hand from the old school, and said, Pastor, I think I can work with you. We got a building for $1.9 million on an owner contract for 37 years. Man, I, mean, I hope I'm even alive that long. You say, well, it's got to be slick. I got to have the best. You just go in and give all to God, and you'll end up with the best. We've got, we've got a generation that has this mentality that I've got to drive the best right now. Honey, if you didn't get it God's way, you're probably going to lose it. you got to have the best-looking suit and the best-looking car and the best-looking ride. You know what? You ought to just say, God, I'm just glad I'm in this thing. I'm just glad you love me. I'm just glad I'm anointed. I'm glad I'm appointed. 
I rebuke this mentality of entitlement that is from the world. I'm not trying to be ugly. I love, I love you guys, whoever you are. I hope this is all right. I don't know how to be anybody else. I tried when I was in the world and almost killed myself. We moved into this building completely. We owned our church that we were in. We owned the five acres outright on the interstate. Didn't have any money for the remodel. We had a man that is a superintendent contractor for Honeywell that had taken nine months off to do our project. He's saying, Pastor, we're ready to get started. I said, well, okay, okay, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. So I got all of our portfolio together. We were the vice president of commercial lending, oldest bank in Washington, told me, he said, Cornerstone is in the upper, 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 upper 1% of all churches in Spokane. We came there, I didn't even have a job. God's not doing this to prop up Rick Mayo. I'm here to broadcast who's in control. Spiritual warfare is greatly minimized when we really know who the boss is. Went to this bank, went to this bank, went to that bank, went to this bank. I'm sorry, pastor. Looks good, but we can't help you. Sorry, pastor. Looks good. We can't loan to banks or can't loan to churches. So, I did the weirdest thing I ever heard of in my life. I got on Craigslist. You know, financial services, way at the bottom. Got on financial services, and here's a guy, all capitalized letter, no commercial loan, refused. Called him up, I said, this is what's going on, we've got this church building. I've got a lot of equity. Can you help us? He said, well, I'll be out there tomorrow. We'll take a look at it. Came, looked around a little bit. He said, you know, he said, I've got a private investor that will loan you your 350000 to get started. We have six hundred into it now. But at that time, we just needed three fifty to get going. He said, I got somebody, but it'll be 14% interest. I said, I'll do it if you bring it down to 10. He said, you got a deal. He said, the only caveat is there's a four-month prepayment penalty. You cannot pay this loan off in four months, or you're going to get hit with a $25,000 fine. All right? The guy that got us the loan from Craigslist, his wife, I'm sorry, his girlfriend was taking Zumba. I still don't know what Zumba is. I thought it was an Italian soup. Help me out, Brother Johnny King. And so... <laughs> Ooh. Whatever it is. He would, he would drop his girlfriend off, Bishop, and he would go around the corner and sit in the back of a Baptist church with his arms folded just to kill the time. He was sitting there the same week that we had done the deal at the church. And the pastor got up and said, you know, we've been leasing this building too long. We need to, we need to buy our own building. He woke up. Went up to the pastor after service and said, you know what? I'm working with a Pentecostal church that's about a mile from here. 
He not only got me a remodel loan, he got me a, bill, a buyer for the building that had been on the market for nine years. <laughs> Craigslist! When God's in it, it'll work. Quit moaning and groaning. It's because God ain't in it. Try the next door. Try the next door. Try another prayer. Pray again. Run again. Dance again. Give again. God's in it. It'll work. That four-month prepayment penalty, we signed off on our church on the third month and the 29th day. I'm not super smart. I'm not good looking. I don't have any strings to pull, but I know his name. I know what he did for me. I know him. Come on, some of us think I gotta have God and something else. Oh no, you don't. All you need is God. All you need is Him. Come on, I'm one of you. I'm from this nest. And if God will do it for me, God will do it for you. He called me up, this guy that got me the loan, got me a buyer for a church, still running around Craigslist looking for new clients, called me up four months after our dedication service. He said, Pastor, this is Stephen. Yeah. Would you baptize me in Jesus' name? <laughs> Craigslist! If God's... If God's in that bush, it's supernatural. If God's in that house, it's supernatural. If God's in that vehicle, it's supernatural. If God's in that marriage, it's supernatural. Come on, you're looking in all the wrong places. This is where you need to be. No limits, 2015, God can do it all. Come on, clap your hands. Uh, lift your voice. I'm feeling something right now. I'm feeling like we don't even need to go any farther. I'm feeling like if you need God to get on board at this level, come on down. Come on down. Come on down. If God did it for me, God will do it for you. Come on, don't sit there when you know you need to be down here. God, if you did it for that rock star, do it for me. God, if you did it for... Come on, everybody, get out of your pews. It's blessing time. It's blessing time. Yeah!